This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 299 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to go over zone of genius examples when it comes to outsourcing. And we're talking with Emily Perrin. Emily was back on the podcast. This is her second time being on it. She was first here when she talked about how to build an effective team back in episode 127. We're going to really dive into this whole idea of zone of genius. So I hope that you are ready to be able to dive into this because she actually has a free workbook that you can grab to make sure that to help you figure out your zones of work and how to effectively outsource the ones that are not within that zone of genius for you. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, Jenny. I'm doing well. Thank you. I am so excited to have you back. We originally spoke all the way back. I was trying to look back for it. It's episode 127. And this episode that we're now recording is episode 299. So it was way, way, way back. Um, But I am super excited to really dive into this conversation about zone of genius with examples. Because I think that that's the hard part for people. Before we jump into that conversation, will you introduce yourself and your business for my audience? Yes, yes, I'd love to. So I'm Emily Perrin, and I'm a productivity coach for creatives. I mostly work with bloggers, content creators, and influencers to not only uncover their zone of genius, Yes. Then also to build their teams, because if, if you want to spend more time in your zone of genius, you have to get some help doing it. And so that's kind of how I got into this, into this space and into this like passionate topic for me at this point is that I, uh, you know, I spent the past few years recruiting and building organizational strategies for my clients. And while I still do a lot of that work, it's also like, the point is bigger than that, right? The point is really about maximizing their zone of genius so that they can, you know, live like the way they want to live. And, and then, yeah, so that's where I'm at. (laughs) And I love that because, but being able to live within that vision that you created for the real reason of why you have your business is just so important and makes it so much easier to do what we do every single day. So let's start off. What are the different zones of work? Yes. So zone of genius really comes from this bigger framework, right? It comes from the four zones of work from Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap. Um, I know, you know, right? A lot of people know that, but some people don't yet. So I want to acknowledge that's where it's coming from. And so in that framework, there are these four zones, and I think of them like a pyramid. So as you move up this pyramid, your zone is getting smaller. And so at the base of the pyramid is zone of incompetence, everything you're not good at. Then the second layer is zone of competence. This is everything you can do. And it's a little smaller, but it's still pretty wide, right? And then the third layer is zone of excellence. This is where we're starting to get into the things that you are really, really good at. You are better than most people. You know, your business might even be built around this. 
but it doesn't quite light you up. It doesn't quite have what your zone of genius has, which is that that drive, the ambition, the energy, the aliveness, like the freedom, like when you are in your zone of genius, it just, it feels amazing. You're unbelievably productive. For me, it looks like I am crazy productive. I will work. And then I look up and two minutes have passed. And I'm like, how can that be? I just did 30 things. I thought that was an hour, but no, it's like this weird suspension of time almost can happen. And, and in psychology, this is also called flow, but you know, what we're talking about here is more zone of genius. So yeah, just get in, get into it. <laughs> no. And I think it's so important to be able to look at that. And I've always seen it when Gay Hendricks does it, it's that circle where it's mm-hmm. the kind of the zones. I love the idea of the pyramid though, because it does, it really makes it very visual for you to understand that that piece allows you to do less when you're in that zone of genius. So how do you actually determine your zone of genius? Yeah, this is the big question, right? I think there's not any one. So I have ideas, right? But there's no one answer to it. That's what makes it so challenging is that no one can tell you what it is necessarily. Um, And I would say most of the advice that I have seen on it is like, okay, like in that book, I was reading it again recently and Gay Hendricks advice on how he did it was he reflected for a week, Jenny. That is what the book says. It says, reflect for a week. (laughs) I tried that right years ago. I was probably 32 when I read that book the first time and that didn't work for me at all. And so that's, that's where I started experimenting and figuring it out and uncovering and exploring and, and doing all these things the last seven to eight years because I had to figure it out. So one of my favorite tools is time tracking, because if we don't know where you're starting from, it's hard to know how to spend more time in your zone of genius. So time, just time tracking for a week or two is one of the most powerful ways to start uncovering and then see how you're spending your time and start like categorizing, like every activity you're doing, give it a label is which of the four zones are you in when you're doing that work? And that's how you can start to see the things that you're labeling genius excellence. That's where we want to move you, right? That's where you want to move towards spending more time in in those activities. Do you find when you time track that it takes longer to do an activity that's considered a zone of competence or even incompetence at that? So that's for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like I said, there's this like maximizing productivity in your genius. Yeah, it definitely takes longer. I mean, think about all the time you spend like procrastinating on stuff you don't like to do. I mean, I think about social media scheduling. I am the worst at scheduling in advance social media. I know I literally could do it, but I just put it off for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so then nothing gets, nothing gets posted because I'm in charge of social media scheduling. And so I can even create all the content and then it just doesn't get out the door. And I've had clients struggle with that too. And so that's where it's like, okay, then, you know, we need to start aligning in some of these roles. Like let's start, you know, determining which, which positions you can start outsourcing to. Yes. Okay. So talk to me about what exactly the trap of zone of competence is. Yeah. So Okay. Zone of competence in that pyramid. It's the trickiest one, right? 
incompetence, it is pretty easy to outsource things you don't know how to do, right? If you need to like update your plugins and you just literally don't know how to do it, it's so easy to like hire, you know, a web maintenance team to take care of that stuff or to maintain your website. But competence, (laughs) competence for people who are creative and entrepreneurial, it's just tough because we can do it, right? I can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. I I know this about you in particular, right? You can do a lot, but then it really comes down to, should you be doing those things? Like there are people that have zones of genius that are, that align with those things, right? And so if everyone in your, in your team can be aligned with your, their zones of genius, that's when you're really starting to maximize everyone and everyone's happier because, you know, your VA isn't writing blog posts and your blog writer isn't scheduling social media content. And so that's what I mean about like that trap. So back to the trap though, the trap then is that the zone of competence ends up being one of the hardest areas to outsource because, because you can do it. It can be really hard to let go of those things. I think we have that like I said, we have this like really resourceful entrepreneurial mindset where, you know, a lot of times we have to do a lot of things because we're the only person there to do them. Uh, but as you grow, it's like wise to start getting off of that. But, you know, even if it is hard, right, even if that zone of competence, if there's something that's really hard to let go of, I would say it's not the right that's not the right thing to outsource right now. If it's that difficult, it should, I would start with, I'd recommend starting with easier items. That makes sense. And I think too, when it comes to those zone of competence, a lot of us are perfectionist. A lot of us feel like, well, I am going to be able to do the best. So how do we let go of that perfection? Yeah. So I think one of the big things is to start using a feedback loop. So one of the things I noticed with myself and with my clients is that the ones that were in like failure loops on, you know, with freelancers, they weren't giving good feedback or any feedback. And they were just kind of hoping it would get better. Or they'd be like, what's wrong with this person? Why aren't they doing it the way I want it done? Or why aren't they doing it better? Why doesn't this look better? Things like that. And so what I I like to think about it, like a loop, this is where I love more of like a, like a loop or a wheel. So you have to like give the assignment, give the freelancer space to implement, to do the work. Then you have to review it and give feedback. And then this is really the key, allow them to fix it. Because if you're just reviewing and fixing things, and not telling them what to do differently, they can't change. They can't learn. They can't grow. And you don't have to do this forever, but in those first like one to three months, that's the most crucial time to do it. Because if you skip this step in the onboarding phase, you can't really come back from it, right? Because the resentment builds and the frustration builds. And there's probably frustration and resentment on the other side for the freelancer as well, because if they're seeing you change their work and you're not telling them what's going on, that also does not build trust. And so that's the thing. Yes. Is the, is the feedback loop a little bit time consuming and tedious? Yes. Yes, it is. But it's also really necessary if you want long-term success. If you want a freelancer who wants to work with you for one, two, three years and wants to, so you don't have to keep hiring and replacing that position, then, then it's just the best way to do it that I've seen. Yes. 
No, that just makes so much sense. And I think the piece more importantly, that stands out to me is where you said you have to make them fix it after you give the feedback, because I think that's a mistake that I have done. I will give the feedback, create a new video that shows them exactly how to fix it. Cause I clearly in my mind, wasn't clear the first time, right? That's normally the reason it's not normally them. It's normally us as far as our way in which we communicate. So I create that new video, but I, in the past, have made the mistake of going and then fixing it myself so that I'm just expecting her to then implement it the next time. But then we continue to see that same mistake because she's not understanding what I'm talking about, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you do have, sometimes there is that second round, like if they still haven't gotten it. And there's, of course, like, if you're seeing like tons of mistakes and nothing gets better and it doesn't matter what you say, there does come a point where you may have to let them go. But oftentimes what I found, if you kind of focus on hiring high performer, you know, a high performing freelancer, they want to, they want to serve you. They want to do well. They're achievers too. And they, they want to do well. They want, they want to be successful with you. Yes. So good. What are some zone of genius examples for hiring out? So not necessarily so that we can get into that zone of genius. What are some examples that you could give for it? What do you mean by that question? So sure. Like what roles you would hire out or. Yes. Some of the things I guess in, within that zone of competence that Mm. you continually see with some of your clients that when they hire out that zone of competence, it opens up for them to do more of the zone of genius. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Kind of examples. So they can kind of start thinking about, okay, what is it that I could hand off that's I'm competent with, like we said, incompetent. We already understand those are things we can hire specialists for. We don't know how to do it all, but what are some examples of that zone of competence? Yeah. So one of them is social media management is a big one like that. The last year plus that has just been the number one role that I've been recruiting for uh, just again and again and again. And, And it keeps coming up too in the organizational strategies that I'm creating with my clients as well, that they need, they need help with it. Right. That's not why they got into business. And some of them did. Right. And that's okay. It might, if you love social media and want to do it, that's fine. But if you don't love it that much, you know, you can get help. There's, there's ways. That's a, that's a big one. I'd say the second area is writing, like blog writing can be really time consuming. And especially for, you know, bloggers and influencers who have somewhat repeatable content. I think of food blogging in particular, where it doesn't have to be the recipe creator that writes the blog post. Like you can be more of an editor and just check it through or, you know, have like a template that you use that the writer fills out. Cause a lot of those questions that they're answering in the blog post, anyone can write those. And so if writing doesn't light you up, it is not the way you want to spend your time. You wish you could get rid of it. That would be another one. And there are so many phenomenal writers out there. It is such an easy position to find amazing people for because writing to me, I'm like, it's kind of the original freelance, right? Like freelance writing has been around a lot longer than a lot of other areas. Like virtual assistant is much newer. I mean, there were freelance writers 50 years ago. Like this has always been a thing. It's a very long-term thing. Um, You know, more so than social media management, obviously. So those are a couple. I'd say the other one that comes to mind is project manager. So hiring someone to manage more of the details of your business or, you know, making sure that all the pieces are coming together in your editorial calendar. So if you're creating a new blog post or you have a campaign for a brand, you know, that 
all the people and, and maybe it's even only two or three people, but one of them is you, right? Like we need managers too. That's one of the hardest things I found in entrepreneurship. And a lot of my clients talk about as well is just, there's no one managing them anymore. And so it's all on them. And it feel that can feel really heavy at times, especially if you're not someone who is super organized, like if you're a bit messy and all over the place, that's okay. Like that's, that comes with being creative, but at the same time, then sometimes it's helpful to have a compliment who is super organized and detailed and will remember all the things. And will notice that you booked 15 things on the same day and you can't possibly do them all. I mean, I'm raising my hand on that, right? <laughs> like my project manager is amazing. She's constantly yeah. like editing me in that way. Right. Like, can you really do five podcast interviews this week, Emily? <laughs> right. Yes. No. So good. All right. So tell me a little bit about your zone of genius workbook. Oh, yes. So I have created a zone of genius workbook that is filled with reflection questions that covers all four areas of the four zones of work, because I really wanted to create something that would help others as much as it has helped me is to have more questions to reflect on, not just reflect for a week and figure it out, but it's more of like thinking through all these different areas and starting to notice it. So it's at emilyparent.com slash Z-O-G. And so you'll sign up with your email and I, and I will send that to you. Yes. And as my listeners know, you guys can always send me a DM on Instagram and I will send that directly to you as well. Just let me know that you're looking for that Zone of Genius workbook from Emily and we will send it. Emily, where else are the best places to connect with you? Yeah, right now it's Instagram. I'm at emily.perrin. It's P-E-R-R-O-N. I love connecting with people over there. I'm really active in my messages and yeah, I just love chatting with people through audio notes and, and through text. So it's such a fun place to be. It's my favorite, my favorite platform. Also mine as well, especially those DMs where you can have those conversations with people. It's like the one true way to still continue to stay connected to them. We're going to link to those in the show notes that everybody can hop over there and make sure to, if they have any questions to DM you as well as to grab the zone of genius workbook. Um, I appreciate you so much, Emily, for taking the time to speak with me and my audience. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. It was such a joy to be with you today. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. Emily really broke down those zones of work for you and showed you how you can make sure that you are working within your zone of genius as a business owner by outsourcing those, especially those zone of competence. So if you haven't already grabbed her workbook, make sure that you do. You can send her DM on Instagram or myself, and I can send that right over to you. As well as I'm still offering the free content marketing audit for your business when you leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. All you have to do is send me a screenshot via Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose. And I will do a free content marketing, which is a $97 value for you of your business. All right, you guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 